I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We are talking word foolery. I'm asking you, what does the word zarf mean? Z-A-R-F. And they're coming in on 86 658 Zarf is the brand of a kid's toy gun, says Rachel. Rachel, nerf. That's nerf. <laughs> but I like where you're going with this. Um, zarf, could it be the name of an alien on a kid's TV show? Could be called Zarf. Yeah, yeah, okay. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, Dan, of course, there's always one, isn't there? This is a bit rude. Dan is saying, the noise you make when you sneeze and fart is a Zarf. <laughs> Keep them coming in. 086 658 There's Top Loader dancing in the moonlight. Christina O'Connor says, Zarf means an extra toe in your foot. <laughs> Love it. I'm not sure that that's the right answer, but I'm loving it. Uh, Trevor says, Zarf sounds like the name a dim-witted celebrity would give their kid. (laughs) Trevor, fantastic. Something tells me none of these are right, but I love it. I love all your suggestions for the word Zarf. Keep them coming in on 086-1800-658. We're going to catch up with Grace Tierney from Stamullen for Word Foolery just after these. 11 to 1. One, it is that time of the month again where we learn more about the interesting, entertaining, and sometimes downright strange origin stories behind words. And author Grace Tierney from Stamullen is back with us once again for Word Foolery. How are you doing, Grace? I'm doing very well. How are you? I am very entertained by our mystery word. I my reckoning on the mystery word is: Do you remember Batman, the Batman series on television? I think it was around the sixties, around that time, with Batman and Robin, and they used to have like when they'd fight, like the screen would kind of light up with graphics, and it was like Kablamo and Zarf and all these kind of strange <laughs> words. I'm thinking that's where you're going. Uh, Rachel thinks it's a brand of toy gun. Um, Dan thinks it's the noise you make when you sneeze when you fart uh, lots of suggestions come in here uh, but we'll reveal what Zarf is very very shortly but let's start off with a normal enough word that I think we all know about uh, citizen it's a straight, fairly straightforward one it is and I have I have a confession to make I chose this especially for you Sinead because oh. I was listening one morning and you said that you can't say citizen that's right I can't <laughs> so I thought I'd make you say citizen <laughs> just to annoy you oh thank you for uh, that yes you're very welcome <laughs> but uh, anyway it turned out to have an interesting story so I'm glad I looked it up uh, so citizen isn't the word that we used to use in English the old English word for somebody who dwelled in a, a town or a city was actually a bursitend which is quite oh. difficult to say without accidentally saying something rude or a feaster wear 
Um, but luckily for us, because they're very tricky, uh, we got citizen from Anglo-French in the 1300s. Uh, over time, it acquired a few extra meanings. So by the late 1400s, a citizen was a person who was an inhabitant of a particular place, i.e. not somebody who was from somewhere else. Um, and during the French Revolution, a citizen or citoyenne in French was used as a Republican alternative to saying monsieur or madame, I suppose. Um, but citizen, as you guess, has its roots in the word for city, but it isn't particularly direct. It kind of goes around the houses a little bit. So the Latin word for city wasn't city. It was herbs. So U-R-B-S. So that does give us suburb, yes. suburban, urban, all of that stuff. But over time, um, it was overwhelmed because a resident of a town was a civis. But civis okay. goes weirder. So it was originally related to a word for lying on a bed and with a secondary sense of being beloved, which no. I just cannot see how that's connected to a no. city. But that's where it goes to. So you eventually guess civis goes to civatus for city. And then we guess citizen uh, into French and ultimately into English. There you go. There you go. And thank you for that. It's more so, by the way, when I have to say information after it. So when I say citizens information, ah. it kind of all blends together. But thank you for that. Thank you for that. Now, turpitude, something I've kind of heard this, I think I'm right in this, hopefully, is does it connect to water in some way? It's not something that I hear very often, this word. Oh, no, it's not to do with water. Okay. Maybe tepid. I don't know. Okay. No, um, I picked it up because I was watching Peaky Blinders the other uh, night. Yes. And, uh, Tommy Shelby, lead character, is asked by one of his enemies, does he know what moral turpitude means? Mm. He says he does, uh, but he doesn't explain it. And he says it would make a great name for a racehorse, which is actually true. It would be a brilliant name for a racehorse. Um, But that's not what it is. It's defined as evil or depravity. And I haven't been able to find it listing as as a racehorse name. So I really hope somebody does that because I think that would be hilarious. Um, Turpitude was, was borrowed directly from Old French into English in the late 1400s. And it goes back to Latin as well, where turpus means anything that is vile, base or unsightly. Now, Tommy would have known the phrase moral turpitude because he's recently been in North America. And it was a legal concept in the US and prior to the 1970s in Canada, where it refers to an act or behaviour which violates the accepted community standards. It's a pretty broad definition if you think about it. It was used in immigration laws in the 1800s and it can be used to impeach a witness, to revoke licences for particular professions or to refuse immigration clearance. As far as I can tell, it's never been part of British or Irish law, but I think it's still a live thing in the US. As for moral, we get that from Latin as well, Latin moralis, which is proper behaviour in society. And it was apparently coined by famous writer Cicero to translate the idea of ethikos or ethics in Greek. Interesting. So you're you're sitting there watching Peaky Blinders like the rest of us getting enthralled and then Grace is like, oh, words. Yeah, <laughs> What's words. that word? I need to look I, that up. Totally. I yeah, love it. I, I love it. Because <laughs> you don't hear it. You don't really hear it like thrown around in, in kind of, you know, everyday language. But that's fascinating. Um, ludicrous. This is a word I love and use often. Tell us about this one. There's far too much ludicrousness uh, in the world, is, really. There is. This is another Latin one today, um, but it didn't land in English until the early 1600s, so it's not a direct borrowing. Um, and back then it had a different meaning, uh, so instead of something being silly, it related to play. So it arrived via Old French and Latin from ludicrous, so it's spelt slightly differently, but meaning sportive. And they all root back to a verb called ludera, uh, to play. 
Now, its meaning changed over time because we know it has a modern meaning of something being ridiculous or open to provoking ridicule, and that dates back to the late 1700s. The Latin verb luder gives us a couple of other words as well, so it gives us allude and allusion, both again via French, uh, which in the early 1500s had an original meaning in English of mocking or making a joke. Uh, and then that goes into a passing reference, which is the one which has lasted. The Latin verb luder also gives us the name of the board game Ludo, which play. A favourite pastime in our house, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's very popular in our house too, particularly when the kids were younger. Um, But in other countries it's called Parcheesi, which I had heard, but I had no idea that that was Ludo. And that's because it started in India in the 6th century. So it's not actually a Roman game, but it, it has a Roman name. There you go. I'm learning something about Ludo as well. Now, what about Luther? You know the way someone in the, in the South might say, oh, you're an awful Luther man or a Luther. I presume that's coming from Ludicrous as well, is it? I, I don't know, but I would suspect that might come from yeah. Irish, actually. Yeah? Luther man, that interesting. sounds very Irish Interesting, it does, it does. I don't know, I didn't come across that one. <laughs> now, something you did come across, and it's a phrase that I hope maybe one day might be used to describe me. Blaze a trail. <laughs> Well, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it already does. It is very popular these days, though. Trailblazer is like yes. you want to have in your CV, I guess. Um, anyway, I assumed that meant literally burning a path through a forest, but I was totally wrong. Um, but understandably so. So, blaze, as in a fire or a flame, comes to Old English as uh, blaze, from a Germanic root word blast, which means shining or white. So, if you think about it, it's a fire or a red, white, hot flame, mm-hmm. and an earlier root word uh, for shining or, bursing, uh, or burning. But blaze as a light marked on a face of a cow or horse, I'm describing this badly, you know on their forehead, it's a lovely black horse and it's got oh, a yeah. white blaze. Yeah. That's the word we're talking about when it comes oh. to blazing a trail. So it comes into English in 1600 via Northern English uh, dialect, which was based out of Old Norse Vikings. Get those Vikings in again, because they had a word blessing for a white spot on a horse's forehead. So it's like a a literal, we just borrowed it from the Vikings. But we took it with us when we went to North America. So early settlers in North America from about the late 1600s onwards, they would mark out trails in the thick forest because North America was literally just one giant forest, as far as I can tell at that point. But they had to mark it somehow so people could follow them or discover how to get from one settlement to another. So they would cut a blaze mark into the bark of the trunk on the tree. Basically, the light Mm. inner wood would show brightly against the dark bark of the tree. And that was literally blazing a trail. I love it. I love that origin. And it just kind of adds weight now when you use that phrase to describe somebody who is kind of this person who's inspiring or something like that. That's fascinating. Um, I think we do have one or two right answers for the word Zarf. Kim in Kansas. Can we just say hello to Kim in Kansas? Uh, thank you so much for tuning in from the, from the States, first of all. I think they're getting it right here and somebody else has it as well. You better put us out of our misery. I don't think Zarf is an alien on the kids' television show. <laughs> I wish it was though and I love the sneeze and fart combined. <laughs> we do need a word for that. We do, we? we do. Thanks for yeah. that Dan, yes. <laughs> it's none of those, it's much more highfalutin than that um, and in a way very mundane as well. So a zarf in modern terms is a cardboard cup holder. You know that little ring of cardboard I that do. you put around your takeaway coffee to stop you burning your fingers. But it has a much more glamorous 
backstory and, and let's be honest, it's a cool word anyway, so I had to use it. Zarf actually means envelope in Turkish. Once you think about it, you're enveloping the cup. That all makes sense from a word a history perspective. But in the 1500s, the Ottoman Empire was big news in that part of the world. And they decided that they would ban alcohol. And as a result, strong Turkish coffee became very popular, as did coffee houses. Now, that went on for a while. The Sultan in the 17th century did not like the amount of politics that was being talked in the coffee houses. And as a result, he outlawed them until the people revolted because they wanted their coffee. I could totally see this happening in Ireland. Yes. (laughs) I could also see what happened next. He reopened them and imposed a heavy tax on coffee. So he was no slouch, like. Oh, my God. Um, So their drinks of coffee, or maybe mint tea is very popular as well, they were served in glass or ceramic cups, which were then held in elaborate metal containers, sometimes made out of silver, even encrusted with gems. And that would stop you burning your hands, you see, on on the the simpler mug. They were very elaborate, and they were called Zara. Love it. In 1995, an inventor called Jay Sorensen, I'm not sure, he sounds very Scandinavian to me rather than Turkish, he was trying to invent a way not to burn your hands on takeaway coffee because that was becoming more popular. And he thought about the old one and invented a much simpler cardboard one. Now, he didn't encrust them with silver and gems, but apparently he makes $8 million a year from them because he patented them. So I think he's doing okay with his dark industry. He really is. Plus, I think, uh, be warned, baristas around the northeast. I'm going to go in now every time and be like, sorry, can I have a zarf with my coffee? <laughs> well, they may laugh at you because the alternative is you can call it a java jacket. But to be honest, so, I think that's pretty boring. No, it's boring. To go back to zarf. I'm going to be like, zarf me. Zarf me now. We need to have this, <laughs> get this word <laughs> in, the, in the back into regular use. Grace, as always, thank you so, so much for all that amazing word foolery. We'll chat to you next month. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks a million. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.